I'm going to steal something from one of my favorite ministers that I heard this morning. He shared two verses out of Proverbs, specifically talking about Mother's Day. And, and one of the points that he made was that in our world today, there's actually some people that are trying to take away Mother's Day. They're trying to, there are certain people that call themselves leaders in our government that want to take away the word mother, any, anything that has to do with gender or identity. And it's flat out evil and wrong. And it, as he was making this case, it, it just, it, resonated with me, and, and I want to share these two verses. First off, Proverbs 6.20, giving instruction to a son, and it's in the context of a bigger conversation, but this one verse says, my son, keep your father's commandment and do not forsake your mother's teaching. And what was so interesting is, is in our English language, which is really poor in a lot of ways, it sounds like he said the same thing in a different way. You know, listen to what your mom says, listen to what your dad says. That's not what he said. In Hebrew, the word for commandment is mitzvah, and it's a specific command. Do this, don't do that. But the word for teaching that the mother gives is Torah, and it's the same word used for the first five books of the Bible. And so whereas the father sets the tone of do this, don't do that, and he sets the tone as the authority in the household, the mother fills in the gaps and gives the big picture and gives the instruction and the wisdom. Then in Proverbs 31:28, it says, Her children rise up and call her blessed. And her husband praises her as well. That doesn't mean when her kids get up in the morning, they say, good morning, mommy, you're blessed. No, it means that as they grow into full maturity and adulthood, they reflect back on the things that she deposited into them, and they honor her, and they call her blessed. And so with that in mind, I can celebrate Mother's Day, and I can say that I am truly blessed and established, and I have a foundation because of the work that my mom did. My mom is teaching kids right now, right down the hall, and she's instilling foundational instruction that will pay dividends down the road, even if they don't get the revelation right now. Those seeds will bear a harvest down the road. And Lena, the mother of this house, you have instilled and laid a foundation in so many of us. And the unified authority with which y'all both manage and lead and steward is a blessing to so many. And you complete the picture. And, and I'm going to give a specific example of that in just a moment. But I would also say that verse about her husband praises her as well. It talks about that a husband is blessed by the mother of his children and the way that they work together. And, and again, I'm keeping it very high level right now. But there is a blessing that extends to a husband and a father as he goes into his realm to do what he's called to do because of who she is and what she does. So it's neither one is inferior. They're just different, and they complete each other. And so I honor you, Angie, as the mother of our children and as my wife, and I just think it's important to celebrate in a godly way and honor and recognize the things that God has created. If we don't defend and establish as important what God has established as important, our adversary will gladly take it away from us. And a couple of days ago, I had the fun privilege of having breakfast with Suave Garza um, over in L.A. That's my nickname for Izzy. We were at this restaurant called Pans that he had been telling me about. And I'm geeking out and I'm taking pictures because I love the old architecture. It's been family owned since 1958. And the type of architecture is called Googie, Googie architecture. And there's a whole story behind it and how it evolved and it came about during the atomic age and the age of the vehicle. And as I'm sitting there, Izzy and I are talking. I'm, try I'm listening to the words that he's saying, but I'm sitting there taking pictures and he's making fun of me and that's his love language. 
And I'm trying to understand, I'm trying to pay attention to what he's saying. I'm trying to also try to pay attention to what he means. And I'm also sitting there thinking about all the people that have sat in these very chairs. I mean, the first thing that I sat down and I thought of was like, man, I bet you Frank Sinatra is eating in this restaurant. And you're looking at the walls and there's pictures of all the movies that, and the movie stars that have been there. And, and on one hand, it's neat and it's historical and eclectic. And on another hand, it's sad because Angie and the girls were taking a tour of Hollywood at the same time that we were having breakfast. And, and during the day, I was getting to do FaceTime and listen in to a little bit of the tour. And so many of the things that look big and special and important to us on TV in person are small and they're fading. And, and they've been propped up for decades and there's no money to support them anymore and they're starting to crumble. And so I'm sitting there, I'm a very intense person and sometimes as, as my accountability team over there can assess as, I mean attest to I'm thinking about things on a lot of different levels and I I I love thinking about where people are coming from and where they are and what was going on in their hearts and minds and why is the world and, and the place that I'm in right now the way it is because of who they were and what they did and so while I'm, I'm doing all this I'm my favorite thing to do is to look for illustrations of the kingdom. That's my hobby. I love to look for things that give insight, and I, lo I look for pictures. And so I take a lot of pictures, because <laughs> Izzy's laughing over there again at me. But a picture is worth more than a thousand words, if you can tell the story behind it. And I love the pictures that God gives us. And some of his pictures are subtle, and you have to really look for them and pay attention to get all that he has for you. And so on the, on the flight home, there were about four people on our flight. We, we were dropping off. There were four people left, and then a few people got on, and it was just one of those nice flights where you're all relaxed and you can spread out. And the, the flight attendant, he started off with a joke, and I thought it was a great little transition into my next illustration. He said, have you all heard about, anybody of you all hear about the marriage between the two antenna they were on top of a roof and they fell in love and they decided to get married and the uh, report back was that the ceremony was okay but the reception was amazing <laughs> this wasn't where I was going when uh, 24 hours ago I had a totally different direction but I felt like God showed an awesome picture last night that I want to share with you Cammy and David's wedding was amazing it was the second best wedding I've ever been to the first being my own. <laughs> Easy and Lena were there for that one, as were some of you. But from when you walked in, everything was excellent. And you could tell that there was thought behind everything. Court and her team were playing beautiful music. The, the decorations were impeccable. The stands that the flowers were on were clear so that you could see all the way across the room. There was nothing blocking your view. And when I sat down, the first thing I noticed at the table was these clear boxes with these little rocks in it. And I thought, oh, maybe that's, you know, something edible. And then one of my daughters go, oh, it's, it's mint or candy or something. And I, so I didn't even look at what the sticker said. There's a little label on top. I just opened it up and started eating. And then I ate somebody else's. I had like two of them before I even thought about it. And there were several pictures that I just want to share and highlight that I that I think speak about God's kingdom, and it ties in with what was being said during worship about letting God interrupt us, about jumping in the river, about letting God come in and disrupt and take us to a new level and challenge us and teach us things that we don't know. 
But one of the first things that was so special was the way that Easy and Lena officiated the wedding. Easy started off, and he had that fatherly anointing. And then Lena came in, and she shared about covenant. And those of you that know Lena, covenant is her one of her big themes that she teaches on. And so while they were ministering and officiating, they were ministering the kingdom and the love of God and the power of God to people in the room. And as they went through the wedding, they would tear up and get a little choked up. And you could see that this was not just a, a ceremony. It was not a mechanical, robotic thing. It was a heart and flesh type of thing. And their daughter in the spirit, Cammy, that had been here for 20-something 25, almost 30 years, was finally laying hold of a promise that she had been holding on to and contending for for a long time. And it was special to me to see all the different lives that Cammie had affected because she affected mine. There were numerous times, there was a period of time where we weren't here at this church and we would come back and visit every year or two and during those times, almost every single time, Alan and her Cammie would have a word for us. And it would just be God speaking and stirring and encouraging and instilling and planting. And when we came back in January of 2015, we walked up to the door and Cammie said, welcome back. Or she said, welcome home. Welcome home. And it was a, it was a rhema word. It was a, it was a word from heaven. And we knew that God was leading us back and God used her to voice it. And I always viewed her as a sister. What was really special about the night was to see all the different relationships and how they had been affected by. It gave me a more complete picture of her and of David. I didn't realize that she and Alan and John were such good friends. I didn't, I mean, I'd, I'd heard it, but I just, I'd never put it together. And when they were talking and sharing during the toast, it was more than just, it was, it was family. It was, it was a deep, spiritual, kingdom of God family thing that was going on. And I loved how Pastor Allen and, and John both showed honor to the family members. They didn't just speak to Cammie and David. They talked to the relatives that were in the room. And they, you know, the DJ that set it up, he said, you know, there's no crying in baseball. And he was trying to be funny and get them all set up and everything. And, and, and John, you know, he went for it and he shed some tears. And it the whole night was just extremely special. And then when Jared, his oldest son, got up, and he, he talked about the struggles that his dad had. And then he, he said, I can tell that there's something special and different because of all the people that are here. It, you, there was just an anointing on the entire night, and you could see that God was doing something truly special. And everything from the beginning to the end, even his older brother sharing and making some jokes, but also giving insight into things that David had struggled with when he was younger. And then he gave a, an invitation at the end of the message and, and, and just basically gave glory to God. And so it's a little hard to put it all into words if you weren't there, but there was a picture of the kingdom going on all the time. And it was rich, and it was beautiful. And it was sometime during the night, I don't remember when it was, but I was talking to Brian, and he pointed out that these were stones. And I didn't, normally I'm the one that catches things like that. And I didn't catch that. But when you look at this, you could put these next to, to little rocks and not know what they were. And you could bite into a rock and throw away the candy. These are some nice little chocolate candies, but they look like rocks. And 
the whole night was just rich. And I came away with just a full heart and being able to celebrate on a level that other people may not have. The deeper your relationship is with each other, the more you could celebrate. There were some people in that room that had no idea about some of what was being talked about, but they, they could sense that something was different. But then there were people that knew the individual stories of David and Cammy and Easy and Lena and Alan and John and David and Jared and the older brother. And the more relationship you had, the deeper and richer the celebration was. The other day, I was, we were watching a show on the life of, it, it was a dramatization of the life of Jesus. And while we were watching it, I was sobbing. And, and my kids were watching it, and they were, it, it, was, it was interesting, but they weren't being impacted the way I was weeping, because I was just, every little thing that was being said in there was, was a picture out of Scripture. So where am I going with all this? What does this, all this have to do with the kingdom and being interrupted and letting God take us to the next level? One of the secrets of the kingdom is that there is oftentimes an opportunity to be offended, annoyed, or dismissive of the treasure that is being presented to you. Just like this looks like soil or rocks that you would not want to put inside your mouth, but it actually contains a treasure. The secrets of the kingdom, the mysteries of the kingdom of God are often like that. He used, he ministered to people of different races that were offensive to the Jews. He used, he ministered to women when it was not cool or kosher to talk to women. He loved on children when the adults didn't want to hear from the children. He, he broke norms. He was extremely non-status quo. And one of the times when he was ministering in public, he was, he was making, he was, he was, he was touching people's lives. He was touching their hearts and minds. But later on in the day, most of those people left, and only a, a smaller group of them, the disciples and some that were with them, were gathered with him around the fire. And they pressed into Jesus, and they said, what, what did you mean by those things that you were sharing out there? And he said, to you it has been given to know the mysteries of the kingdom. And I know I've shared this, I've spoke on this before, but the mystery, there's several secrets hidden within this store that I want to give to you right now. And if you perceive them incorrectly, you might perceive them as rocks versus treats. The first thing is, is that the kingdom is what Jesus was talking about. He wasn't talking about anything else. He was on point throughout his whole ministry. And he said the, the kingdom operates on mysteries. Mysteries are things, are, are knowledge that are not understood and widely perceived by people. They're not things you can just pick up off the street. They're things that require a deeper look and insight. He's not being partial. God, there's no partiality with God. He's not saying, I like you better, and to them I've deemed they must go to hell. He was saying, he said, to you it's been given, but to them it hasn't. So on the outset, it looks like he's being discriminatory, or he's playing favorites, or he's giving preference, or he's not being politically correct. But you have to look at the whole story. You have to look past the rock to find the treasure. What was he saying? He was saying to them who were with him and had paid a price and said, I'm gonna, I don't care where I have to be tomorrow morning. I don't care what laundry I have to do. I don't care what, what tasks I need to get at home. I don't, I don't care about, nothing is more important than being with you and hearing what you have to say right now. They were the ones that were making him Lord. That, that is a disciple. 
A disciple is someone who says, you, you become the most important person and influence. You're the authority in my life. Everything else takes a back seat. I don't care about my TV shows. I don't care about my video games. I don't care about my hobbies or my interests. I don't care about the things that even seem concerning to me. Like, when, How many of you know that when one time Jesus said, let the dead bury their dead, when someone came and said they want to follow him, but let me go bury my father first. That sounds really offensive in our American English language because we don't understand the custom of what they would Back then, when someone would die, they would put them in a tomb and let their body decompose for a year, and then they would come back and they would mourn, and then they would bury the bones, and that was, that was their funeral service. What looks like an offensive statement in our English language was actually Jesus saying, look, the dead are already dead. There's no need to go bury them again. Make me the first and most important priority in your life and follow after me. He wasn't saying, don't care about your family, and if they, if they die, don't bury them. He wasn't saying that. But again, there's, all these, there's always an opportunity. That, so this is a secret of the kingdom, I believe. Whenever you feel the temptation to feel critical, cynical, or offended, or irritated, there is quite possibly a treasure being presented to you. And you are being tempted. You're being given an opportunity to dismiss it and to go in a different direction. It's not always the case. Sometimes you're being irritated because something is off or it's not for you. It's not part of your plan. But don't be quick to follow that impulse. Test the spirit. There is a price to pay to know the mysteries. The closest example that I have in my life, there's, there's, there's only two people in my life that I can tell you the date that I met them. And one of them was on Valentine's Day, 2013. He was this guy that had invented this piece of equipment, and he was speaking at an industry meeting. And we're in the capital, I'm like the worldwide capital of, of, of the trade that we're in. All the experts, I mean, all the gurus, all the head top people that you want to influence, talk to, be around, are in this room. And he gets up there. This is his first and only time ever speaking publicly. He forgets the PowerPoint. He goes off script. And for 45 minutes, he tells everybody, you're doing things wrong. You're doing things backwards. You're doing things the old school, the dangerous, dirty way. And you need to get out of, you need to get with the program and get with this new technology or else you're going out of business. You're not doing what's right for your customers. He infuriated everybody in that room except for me. When he walked off the stage, I followed him to the bathroom and waited for him to come out. People don't always listen to all that whole story. They think I followed him into the bathroom. I didn't do that. But we sat there in the restaurant, and, and all the industry experts left. We're sitting in the foyer, and we're just talking. And, and I'm just like, basically, I'm telling them, I want to work with you. And then all the management left. And then the janitors left. And then they turned out the lights in the building. And then they turned out the lights in the parking lot. And it was 1130 at night. And and I just knew that that was somebody that I wanted to work with. And eight years later, I'm getting to have a lot of fun and travel around the country because I'm working with him. I'm a partner in his company. And we're having a lot of fun. And, and, and it, it's, it's, a, it's a challenge. It's, it, but we're, we're showing people things that they've never seen or thought were possible before. That's what being a disciple is like. I got to lead him to the Lord five years ago in his warehouse. And so God brought me into his life for a reason as well. But that's what a picture of being a disciple is like. I could have said, hey, can I get your name and number? And, you know, maybe we can set up in a meeting in a few weeks and when it's convenient. 
generally at night, I try to be home. I don't, I don't like to be out. I like to be home. I'm a family man. And, but I just put everything on hold. And I said, I want to work with you. And I even, I didn't get to work with him right away. The, the door didn't open. I, I worked at two different companies before I got here. And, and I almost got fired. And I was looked down upon because I was always talking about and excited about this, this technology, this equipment that he had developed. But it, it impacted me. And, and t- so that, there's a price to pay to know the mysteries. The price might be your time, your perspectives, your attitudes, your opinions, the way you make decisions. Jesus loved all those people that were not there around the campfire just as much as he loved those people that were the disciples. He loves the whole world. The man on the cross didn't become a disciple that was hanging next to Jesus, but he did get to go to heaven. So we're not talking about going to heaven. We're talking about the mysteries of the kingdom and getting to enter in to all that he has for us. He has more for those of us who follow him with our whole lives. So my invitation, my challenge, my encouragement is don't be like the crowds. Don't be a poser. That's a skater term. I was a skater growing up. I used to have really long hair. And, and a poser was someone who would wear the hairdo and the clothes and wear a carrier on a skateboard and act like they were a skater. But when you asked them to get on the skateboard and do anything, they really couldn't do anything. They were just posing like they were a skater. Be a disciple. Press in. Listen. Desire. Ask. Receive discern, realize, enter in, experience, explore. The kingdom is what everyone is looking for. And the last thing that I'll close with as an illustration, something that God's been speaking to me lately, that oftentimes we distill down into, we take mysteries and we distill them down into doctrines so that we can teach them but then they get stuck there and we lose the reality of the revelation that they were meant to convey. And I'm not going to elaborate on all this right now, but a couple of things that God's been stirring and showing me is like prayer. There are several verses that talk about praying without ceasing. And when we think about praying is us communicating to heaven and just, you know, informing or persuading or trying to please God, that becomes a very tedious burden But when you think about prayer as listening and a perspective of always being on, it's like walking around with the soundtrack playing in your ear all the time, hearing heaven's music, and sometimes there's talking from heaven, sometimes there's just that soundtrack going like you're in a movie, and there's there's text messages that are coming through, There there are symbols and signals, and there's an ongoing dialogue, you know, before Angie and I got married, when we were when we were dating, the only way we could spend time together before we could really drive was to talk on the phone. Sometimes we just sit there and not have much to say for a long time. And that's the reason why she broke up with me the first time, because I, I didn't appreciate that as much, and I got annoyed with it in the end. But <laughs> God got a hold of me during that seven-month intermission. <laughs> and I realized what a treasure she was, and God brought us back together. But, but the prayer is an, is an example. It's a, it's a dynamic, ongoing mystery. And... Sometimes we think about it like a ladder. I've got to do this to do this. You know, like you're climbing up something to get to a certain place. And, and one of the things that God said to me, prayer is more like flying a plane than climbing a ladder. When you're flying a plane or driving a car, you're going somewhere, and you're doing a lot of things all at once. You're checking mirrors. You're, you're braking. You're accelerating. You're listening to your GPS. 
It's dynamic. It's fluid. It's ongoing. And you're going somewhere. You're going to new levels and to new destinations. You're not trying to just perform and achieve. And the mystery, Jesus said the kingdom of God is like a treasure hidden in a field. And, and a man was walking through a field and he found a treasure and then he hid the treasure back and he went and sold all that he had so that he could possess that, tr- that field so that he could possess that treasure. If we think of the kingdom of God as a one-time event, receiving something so we can go somewhere down the road, then that's, you stop digging, you stop exploring, you stop receiving that treasure. I just believe that God wants to take us to a new level and the first invitation or the first two secrets are it's dynamic, it's ongoing. It doesn't matter how old you are, how long you've been in the Lord, there's more, there's, there's more that he has for you. It's not because you're not good enough and you haven't done enough. It's because he's endless and inexhaustible, and he's always got new, more for us every day. But secondly, the things of God will often seem offensive to the natural mind. And the kingdom works on laws, when we hear that word laws, we're not talking about restrictive laws like I arrest you. We're talking about realities like the law of gravity. I mean, somebody doesn't get mad at God because they fall off a building or off a cliff. I mean, if you go and stand on the edge of a building or edge of a cliff, you're susceptible to falling down. God didn't make you fall down. He created the laws of gravity. And when you fly a plane, you're not, over, you're not negating the law of gravity. You're working with it and superseding it. And God's laws, God's realities are much higher than the natural laws that we live in. And I just believe, and I'm, this is my, my visionary statement proclamation, that God is going to take us to new levels that, are not, that, that may seem offensive. And we need to go into this new season saying, okay, God, I want to see, I want to know, is this gold or chocolate? I don't want to just walk on things that, that are precious or priceless, thinking that they're just rudimentary things that are, that are nothing. So if you, um, everybody just stand up, and I just want to pray for us. Father, we thank you for your kingdom. Lord, harvest is a mystery that we enter into with you. It's not something we do without you, and it's not something that you do without us. You created the seed, and you said we could have a role in helping it grow, but we can't make it grow. The only thing we can choose to do is to refuse to participate or choose to participate. And Father, we are trusting you for the harvest and the increase At the same time, Father, we know that there is instruction that you have for us to enter in and to learn how to tend to and steward those seeds in those fields. Father, as we grow and as we go into those new levels, teach and help us to remain soft-hearted and and open soil that can receive the seeds of your word. If there's any, Father, right now, if there's any areas of our hearts where we have been offended or become critical or cynical, God, just show it to us right now. Show us and help us to just pull out those stones and make way for your water and for your seeds and for your harvest and your growth. One of my favorite ministry teams, they sound sour on TV. And I entered into a place of cynicism or criticalness, feeling that they were not as good as our worship team. And then I got to hear them in person, and they are sound amazing. And God showed me that... First impressions are not always accurate. Father, if there's any first impressions that we've set up as idols or have become strongholds against our knowledge, please just help us right now to become like little children 
and to hear without walls up and to trust you for our discernment, to be able to, to divide between soul and spirit, between what sounds good and what is actually heavenly wisdom. We thank you, Father, for the assignment that's on our lives as individuals and on the house, this house as a corporate body. I thank you that when we gather, we're not congregating. We are assembling on purpose and in faith. And by faith, we say yes to what you have for us. And we leave this day with expectation, desiring and wanting to enter more into more. And if there's any part of us, Father, that is not in alignment with that, we are trusting you right now to tend to our garden and to lead us by the hand to the areas that are hard and need to either be healed or just upheaved. Thank you so much for your love for us. Thank you for David and Cammie's wedding and their marriage. Thank you that she gets to celebrate mothers today, today as a mother. Thank you for the blessings that you promised to her and you fulfilled. We thank you for the picture that was presented last night. We thank you that, that there is so much more to come for them and for us. And we just say to be continued in Jesus' name. Amen.